This is another MP3 podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle, Australia. Sally Lucas, welcome again. And sometimes they say the journey when you're travelling is better than arriving. Yes, and I think that is quite true. And today we're going to talk a little bit of top-end travel, and I don't mean top-end of Australia. I'm talking about luxury top-end. And I'm sure there's lots of um, Newcastle people out there who have travelled before that are at that stage in their life now where they just feel that they can afford and also would like to enjoy a little bit of luxury in their touring experiences. And we're talking today about a couple of different cruise companies. Um, I went to a function earlier this week, and I just thought... I'd mention some of these companies and what they're doing. One of them is called Radisson Seven Seas Cruises and the other one's Crystal Cruises. Now, both these companies keep winning ongoing awards for their particular style of cruise vessel in the Condé Nast Traveller and lots of other travel and leisure magazines. So they're considered top of the top. So it's we're talking about a fleet of vessels with Radisson that have three vessels, called all called Seven Seas, and then Navigator, Mariner and Voyager. Now, the fleet... Um, ranges from, say, a 33,000-ton vessel to a 46 to a 50. Now, on the 33,000 ton, you'd think, wow, that's still a pretty big ship, and, you know, lots of the other, if you like, more economy-based cruise markers might have 900 to 1,000 passengers on board. These only have 490, and then you've still got 340 staff to look after that amount of people. So you can imagine the extra space you've got, all the public rooms, your bar areas, you're not ever going to be crowded or feel crowded. Same with dining. There's not going to be this mass awful dining experience as well. And it's what we call all sweet accommodation. Very sweet accommodation. Very sweet, but that means a little bit more than that, Jane. Um, it means that you actually have a living area as well as a bedroom and a full bathroom. So it's not a little pokey cabin. So everyone, no matter what deck you're on, has a suite. So it's very, very stylish cruising. The one thing about it, though, even though it's very stylish on Radisson, they don't want you to feel it's formal. So they want you to feel you're there you know, in your little penguin suit every night and it's all very formal and cocktail parties. It's no formal dressing at all, no big functions or anything like that. But the emphasis on a very high standard of cuisine, using top chefs from around the world to design their menus, um, and the experience of... Never having to want for anything, I suppose, like little lay-downs each night, like you get in, the, in a luxury hotel with your chocolate on the pillow, and, you know, you get complimentary wines with dinner included. There's a mini bar that's stocked initially on arrival. You restock yourself after that. And also virtually most of the... Um, uh, cabins have all balconies, or virtually all of them have all balconies as well, and that's rare as well. So, it, I mean, it's quite a wonderful cruising experience. So, I just thought we'd mention that. Now, they don't always all come down here, of course, um, but we do have some that are, and they also have another thing I should mention is open seating dining. Now, you can't do that again if you've got a thousand passengers, if they all turned up at one restaurant. You couldn't do it. And we've heard stories already about some lines who are actually putting TV screens in the corridors because they're accused already with this, they're trying to follow this open seating dining, letting know how long you'd have to wait and suggesting you go to the bar. Now, that to me isn't luxury cruising. But what they do here, because it's smaller and less amount of passengers, and there's usually at least three restaurants, they can accommodate um, the amount of people on an open seating dining. So you might meet, you know, Fred and Beryl today and really like them and think, oh, we'll have dinner with them tonight. And the next night you might just join a table, you might say to, to the maitre d', look, We've got no plans tonight. Can we join a table of six people? So it's, it's all that, which I think is really a lovely way of doing things. Um, and they do have a couple of vessels, as I said, coming down here. 
southeast in Sojourn. It is coming down. You fly out to Hong Kong to join the vessel, and then you sail down through all through um, Vietnam, which would be quite interesting. So you can sail up to Vietnam and go all down the coast into Bangkok. And because Bangkok's on the river, as you probably know, the Chao Phraya River, it's a long day to take them in and out, even though they're overnighting there. So they're actually taking them into the hotel for the night so they can get quality sightseeing, which is a lovely thing to do. And then it finishes in Singapore and you fly home. So that's one option you can do. And then there's another one with um, flying out of um, Singapore. So you you know, you join it there. And then you're da- coming down through Bali, Komodo Island, Darwin, Thursday Island, Cairns, Hayman Island, and into Sydney. So there's a lead in prices available on both these. Um, they're sort of around 14 night durations. And there's another voyage on the 21st of November, which is departing from Australia to Auckland again by air. You join the Seven Seas Mariner, and then you're travelling all through the Bay of Islands, Rarotonga, Bora Bora and Morea and Papiete in Tahiti, Rangaroa, um, and then all through to Los Angeles. And then you can either obviously go on somewhere else or come back to Australia. So these are wonderful options for us to experience this luxury top-of-the-line cruising, which we don't often get the opportunity to do, Jane, in Australia. So I think that's quite a wonderful way of you to experience this if you've got the time and a little bit of extra cash of course Um, and can I just mention also there's one that's been dramatically reduced now this is a Mediterranean romance this isn't one in Australia and it's with Crystal Cruises and it's on the 14th of October just one departure only going from Rome through to Barcelona in uh, Spain for 11 days and they've reduced it to US all these are in US dollars by the way because they are US based vessels 2,900 US but it's normally worth $1,000 more than that So if anyone's going to Europe and wants to participate in that little section of cruising as part of their European itinerary, again, a wonderful, luxurious addition to their holiday. Travel World on King Talks Travel on 2NURFM 103.7. Sally Lucas, we're heading for another fascinating destination now, and that's Cuba. It is a fascinating destination, Jane, and as you probably may recall, I was lucky enough to to travel to there last year, and I found it quite quite fascinating as we said but also enchanting in the old town of Havana because it's it's just like a time warp uh, cobblestone streets beautiful old buildings that are reminiscent of I guess a combination of Italianate and Portuguese but wonderful architecture and they're trying of course to encourage tourism now into this um, area it is a UNESCO World Heritage Site by the way but they've not had the money or the infrastructure to restore a lot of these wonderful old buildings so tourism is helping that so by going to Cuba you're going to help them restore this this wonderful, um, I, I guess, essence of the old world of Cuba and the famous old haunts of Ernest Hemingway and the bars you can still visit and the old Chevys and Buicks. And, you know, it, it still really is in a time warp. But the essence of the people is what really leaves you, I guess, mesmerised in the end because of their, um, their vibrance and their diversity in both race and colour and their absolute addiction to music, which is like a combination of rumba and Afro jazz and no matter where you go, rounding any corner, coming out of any window you pass or a doorway, there's this wonderful music. It's just happening everywhere. You know, people just play in the streets. But, I mean, it is an incredible part of Cuba, and I think it's what keeps them so united is, is their music. And you don't notice any racism between them, from, from brindle white through to black. There's all different, you know, races from all their different backgrounds that it's a real melting pot of people in Cuba. I mean, unfortunately, of course, we know with the embargo with the States, it's always been a problem getting there. Um, but there are some good fares you can get in through Canada there's no embargo from Canada Um, obviously in through Chile you can come up through that way Um, through Jamaica 
which means you can go in through LA, then down to Jamaica and across, or you can also come up in through Mexico. Um, you can get a tourist visa issued on arrival now. Um, loose leaf, we always say, please, because you, there are embargoes with other countries as well. If you have a stamp in your passport, then you may not be allowed entry into other countries, particularly America, of course. So it's just important to remember that. And when you have this loose leaf card, please don't lose it because you won't be able to get out of the country without it. <laughs> Um, also, U.S. currency for a while had been accepted there, but the United States and all, it's all been a huge embargo again since the end of last year. So now it's just the, the local pesos, and they're suggesting now that you either take euros or sterling. You can use credit card there at, at major hotels, but not in shops or anything. It's really only local money they're interested in. So you just need to keep, you know, changing, changing your money, but that's not a problem. It is the largest island in the Caribbean, which people may or may not know and it's quite diverse in its scenery and from beaches to this wonderful old city as I said to to Santa Clara which was famous from Che Guevara for where the uprising I guess when they threw over the Spanish and Fidel and Che at that time uh, I guess took over and there's some wonderful itineraries on offer at the moment ranging from um, an eight day itinerary through to a three week with a 20% reduction so so long as you can book and travel before 2nd October um, you will get a 20% reduction and there's some Absolutely wonderful itineraries out there. And as I said, I really think just Havana itself, you really would do it an injustice if you didn't have three or four days in the old city, as well as then going out and experiencing what the rest of the island has to offer. So, yeah, I just think if you're looking again for somewhere different, which I guess I keep harking on, there's just so many places we all go back to by remote almost, but there are some wonderful experiences out there for people to enjoy, just to do something a little bit different. And there's different ways, as I said, of getting in there. If you don't want to go through America, you don't have to. As I said, Canada, you know, Mexico, Chile, etc. So consider Cuba. I think it's, um, we hope it never changes too much, but it is a wonderful, wonderful experience. And I'm sure anyone who goes will come back absolutely enlightened by what they've experienced. What do you think is a good length of time to spend on a holiday in Cuba? Um, well, we had about 10 days, but of course we didn't do everything in that time. We mainly did, if you can imagine the island is shaped lengthways but tilted up a little bit like a cigar like a Cuban cigar and um, yes we we only did mainly I guess to the north um, and then down into the centre we did get as far as Santa Clara but we didn't get down to the the southern part of the island and that was just 10 days you can drive it is quite safe to drive in Cuba there they've got a lot more rental cars now there you don't you're not in the old leaded petrol Buicks or whatever even though the locals still love to just drive those. They're up-to-date rental cars you can rent to get around the island. You'd need a a lot of the roads aren't marked very well. Um, you might need to brush up on your Spanish a bit or just talk to um, the rental car company or someone beforehand to plan your itinerary and they might give you some landmarks so you know. But it, it's quite an experience to drive around and the roads, surprising for the lack of money in the in infrastructure in it, they, they do keep their roads very well. They might only be single lane but most of them are fine. Occasionally when you're crossing mountains you might get a bit of a circuitous, not as well kept road but all the main roads are, are fine to travel on. Yeah, so definitely consider Cuba. I just think it's a wonderful place to experience. Yep. Now, Sally, you were 
going to tell us about some changes in visas for Indonesia. Yes, I just thought I'd mention this, and we haven't had to obtain a visa in Australia for a little while now, and it has been available on arrival, but just to let people know what they need to do on arrival so they're prepared for that. This is effective from 1 August, and as far as Australia's concerned, we can still get a, a visa on arrival. Some countries you can't, but we can. Um, and also, if you are from, um, let me think, where else? Is there somewhere we might have here that might be the same? New Zealand, if we've got New Zealand is living here, that's fine. You can do that on arrival as well. Um, so what you need to do is you've got to complete an arrival and departure card, which will be given to you normally on the plane before arrival. Then on arrival, you've got to pay the visa fee at the Mandiri bank counter and you get a barcoded receipt. Now, the visa fee can be paid in Australian dollar cash. Now, before it used to only be available in US dollars. Um, it is US dollars 10 for seven days, US dollars 25 for 30 or more, um, and or the can pay the equivalent then in Australian or you can actually use a credit card as well. Then you go to the visa arrival counter and you have the, the um, arrival departure card, your passport and receipt scanned and recorded by the immigration computer and then a, a sticker visa will be issued. Okay, now that's fine and then you must just hang on to that again. That sticker will be there for you to obviously come back out of the country again and then you just proceed through to your immigration checkpoint for clearance and baggage customs clearance as well. So, so if you're going to Indonesia, can you do that process here in Australia as well? No, they've, they've stopped that now. You can't actually obtain a visa at the consulate here anymore. Right. So that's the only way you can do it. Now, just so people know what to do so they don't arrive and are all confused about maybe what they have to do. But the main thing is now is they, they can realise they can pay in AU cash or credit card if they don't happen to have US dollars on them. Travelling to before. Indonesia. Yeah, hmm. that's Indonesia for you. We're talking travel to NURFM 103.7. And it's that time of day where we look at this week's hot deals, Sally Lucas. And I think we need them this week, Jane. We've had a bit of a cold snap, haven't we, which we've been a bit spoilt with this weather up until now. However, um, there are some hot deals and some cooler deals available. Um, Norfolk Island, uh, the Governor's Lodge, which is a wonderful accommodation establishment on Norfolk, they've got a deal at the moment, just as without the airfares, but obviously we always say to people these days, it's better to search for the cheapest available airfare and we add that to your land content. It's the way most wholesalers are going now, 4 98 and that's seven nights accommodation for the cost of five at the Governor's Lodge in an executive lodge with daily breakfast and seven days car hire. So that's not a bad deal, so long as you travel by the uh, 20th of October. There's some lovely Fiji winter warmers still available, starting from about 7.69 per person, and that's for travel up until the 8th of September, and that includes four nights accommodation with that one and free breakfast daily. It's at the New Pearl South Pacific Resort, which is coming out of Suva around towards Pacific Harbour. It's in that part of Fiji, but obviously there are other deals to the usual Sheratons, the Shangri-Las, etc., at various different price levels, and kids are flying on these ones too at a much cheaper rate as well, which is good to know and a lot of these places the kids eat free as well at Shangri-La Fijian for example they do and all they stay free as well stay and eat free so there's lots of good deals out there available for families um Kotakinabalu Sabah um, again lovely place to go uh, hop up into the Borneo area flying with uh, Royal Brunei Airlines six nights twin share accommodation breakfast daily Return transfers included, and that starts from only 8.44 per person. And that's valid for travel right up until, um, again, October this year. So that's another little good one. Uh, Hawaii, for those who'd love to go there, I think Andrew Daddy went there recently, I think on the great outdoors, um, being an exponent of all things Hawaiian, and I think he even did the hula 
which was a sight to see. Anyway, <laughs> you, you can certainly go there and enjoy the famous beaches like Waikiki Beach, Sunset Beach, and, you know, it's, it's a good thing to do. Five-night package there at the Outrigger Reef, which is a lovely hotel with Hawaiian Airlines, and this includes a free flight to a neighbouring island, so you can pick another island and get a free flight, 1393, and that goes through to the end of November. Um, pamper yourself in Phuket as well how about doing something like that there's still some gorgeous um, spa style properties all sorts of lovely um, accommodation in Phuket return airfares to Phuket with Singapore Airlines so you go through Singapore into Phuket to save going up through to Bangkok um, and that's eight nights in accommodation, accommodation sorry, with breakfast daily that's starting from uh, 12.49 per person which is fantastic and you just got to book and pay by 11 November for travel to 16 November for those people thinking of Europe for next year, I know this might be a long way off yet, but Trafalgar Holidays are offering you a 10% early payment discount. If you choose an itinerary from this year's brochure, because next year's isn't out yet, and pay a full year in advance, they'll give you 10% off. And if you've travelled with them before, you still get another 5% frequent traveller discount as well. And if you're doing a second tour, you get a second tour discount as well of 5%. So lots of things there to save you money if you wish. Japan Airlines have got a last-minute companion sale with CIT, the Italian tour operator. Now, this is valid for travel only till the end of August and has to be paid by 14, but it's a fantastic fare, only 14.46 per person. And that's available through to many European destinations, um, quite a number, I won't list them all. And all you have to do is spend a minimum of $150 out of CIT's current brochure to qualify for that fare. And two people obviously have to travel together being, being a companion fare. And anyone thinking of the Middle East, Emirates are now introducing flights into Alexandria as well as going you know, to Cairo. So they've got a really good return fare at the moment of only 1490 into Alexandria. So, look, there's something there for everybody. And also... Turkey, if you want to do a wonderful seven-day, six-night tour with exotic destinations there for 9.20, heaps of inclusions, four-star accommodation, nearly all meals bar about one or two, all accommodation, all sightseeing, you know, value for money, just some wonderful deals out there at the moment. Big week for hot deals. Certainly was. And that's Talking Travel for today. And thanks to Sally Lucas from Travel World on King. We'll be back next Friday after the 1 o'clock news here on 2NURFM 103.7.